Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Winston Preparatory School is a leading school network for students with learning disabilities. Learn more about Winston Prep and register for an open house at www.winstonprep.edu. And welcome back to the show. You know, I've been obsessed with AI ever since I came back from vacation in December and told you about ChatGPT before anybody ever heard of it. And this is true. Uh, Because my cousins who are uh, writers and web creators and basically brilliant thinkers, they're Israelis, they live right now in Chicago, and their son at 21 is doing his PhD at University of Chicago. And the genes don't fall far from the apple tree there. Um, they have been living and working with AI ever since then and every single day feeding me information about what it can and cannot do. But I saw from our next guest a very thoughtful essay. Joe Procopio is the founder of Teaching Startup and Chief Product Officer at Spiffy, which is a mobile vehicle maintenance startup. And he's a cool guy. He is a high-tech entrepreneur. He's done 13 startups. He already looks still very, very young. So he knows about failure, success, success, failure, the roundabout way of starting something new all the time. And he wrote an essay that was entitled The Real Problem with Generative AI, and it's not a dystopian nightmare. A lot of what ChatGPT writes is useless, but without providing the proper context, it can also be harmful. So we need to understand that AI is already here in ways that you and I probably can't even recognize. Joe Procopio, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today. Hello. Hi. Hello, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for the kind words. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, I mean, I really want you to tell our audience right now and tell me, what are the positive aspects of AI? And then we'll talk about some of the negative ones, because it is here. So let's talk about some maybe some good things it can do for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess first I should start by, you know, just pointing out that artificial intelligence, AI can mean a lot of things. It can mean everything from machine learning, which makes decisions for us. So when you're sitting behind the wheel of a driverless vehicle, that vehicle is making millions of micro decisions per second. And then there's also what is now... I guess the the flavor has hit the mainstream is generative AI, 
or, you know, the more common chat GPT and Bard and all the, the different flavors and variations of it. All that really does is looks for data, makes some decisions based on that data and provides that data as a form of automated content and human narrative that you and I can easily understand. So it's essentially machines writing content based on data that exists out in the cloud somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so when we think of uh, generative AI that way, it's not necessarily the kind of AI that's going to rise up and the machines take over. Um, but having done this uh, for, you know, over a decade now, um, I do run into trouble. I see a lot of fear mongering in terms of jobs that are going to be lost. And I see a lot of misconceptions. So on one hand, I'm, I'm both a, a big fan and a proponent of generative AI and how much it can help us. But on the other hand, I want to provide a little bit of balance in the sense that experiential human knowledge is not being threatened by generative AI. No, you don't think so? Not yet. There is, a, I actually have a post today that dives into a little bit of this uh, to sort of counter the fear mongering that's out there about, uh, you know, knowledge worker jobs that are going to be replaced by generative AI. And where it really is going to have the biggest impact is on the creator economy and, and not even the, the good creators, but sort of the lazy creators. Um, for example, when we were doing Automated Insights, um, and Automated Insights was um, one of the first companies that pioneered natural language generation or generative AI. And uh, we grew pretty quickly from, you know, the founder and myself to and a, a handful of young uh, engineers to a VC-backed 75-person company and started doing content for Yahoo Fantasy Football and the Associated Press. Um, and so I did a lot of interviews. And there was a period where at the end of every interview, um, the journalists would turn off the recording device and ask me off the record, you're coming for my job, aren't you? And my response to that would be to put them back on the record and say, no, not you. What you're doing is providing human and experiential knowledge. Who are actually going after are the data scientists, and not even the good data scientists, but the lazy data scientists. Now, back in the 2010s, because of advancements in computer processing and innovations like AWS, uh, Amazon Web Services, and their ability to spin up processing power in a heartbeat, all of a sudden you're seeing this massive influx of data into the internet. And there became a situation where there was too much data for data scientists to handle. So it sort of spawned a new career choice. And anyone who knew SQL or Python or any of the machine learning or, or, or generative AI languages suddenly became data scientists. And we're making, in some cases, huge sums of money for doing things that we were automating with machines. I see. So that's the kind of job that went away. When we provided content for the Associated Press, we didn't replace journalists. We allowed journalists to spend less time doing the mundane, spreadsheet, crunching, analytical analysis of these quarterly earnings reports and actually do what they were good at, which is providing the insight that these numbers produced 
going out and, and saying, talking to the CEO of the company and getting their take on the future of the company and all those things that journalists are really, really good at. We're chatting well, with Joe we Procopio. Were... Yeah. I, so my son-in-law happens to be, he works for Amazon Web Services and he yes. is a computer software engineer by training. That's what he was originally hired to do. Now he's a manager mm-hmm. of a group, so he's doing a little less writing, but you know, still a fair amount. And I asked him about whether or not AI was going to replace the computer software engineer because my assumption was that maybe it could because that's what I was reading. But he told me he doesn't think that it will. He just thinks it'll make their job easier. I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And and that's some, that's a good nugget of insight that you just uh, gave me. It, that ties directly back to what I was talking about with journalists. Um, some computer programmers who um, are more cut and paste programmers and don't really have the knowledge of computer science and the elegance of writing good code. Yeah, chat GPT can do a lot of that, but it also can't test it and it can't provide good customer experience and user experience uh, situations. Mm -hmm. It can just create code that works. It's up to us humans to provide the experiential knowledge to turn a chunk of code into a solution to a problem. You know, I will. (laughs) So I want to just I want to just do something with you. We're chatting with Joe Procopio. We're talking about artificial intelligence. And I always like to slow down during these conversations because I really think it's a lot for most people to digest. So these cousins that I introduced you with um, are these brilliant Israelis. They're beyond brilliant. And um, I I wrote Anne this morning and I told her you were coming on. I sent her your bio, uh, bio because she's always interested in learning more and hearing different aspects of AI. And she wrote me back, thanks for sending that article my way. It definitely sparked a lot of thoughts. I even had an interesting chat with, uh, interesting chat with ChatGPT about it. Here's what I think. And this, is, and this is what she wrote. I agree with the author that ChatGPT doesn't generate new groundbreaking insights, but what it really does well is take existing knowledge and make it more digestible. The key is asking it the right questions, accepting it has limitations, the example in the article asking ChatGPT to write an email to entrepreneurs reminded me of something similar. It's like hiring a highly skilled worker from Upwork and asking them to write on a topic without giving them any context. Without direction, even the best writer will produce something generic and not very useful. And it goes on and on. And at the end of this, sure. and at the end of this, this is what she wrote. Lisa, the above was written by ChatGPT, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's something else. So, um, right. Okay. I made you laugh today. Right. So she, so absolutely right. And, 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 and by the way, Anne talks about her chat GPT, not as an it anymore. She refers to to it as a him, which freaks me out a little bit, but she's comfortable with that. And every single day she has a dialogue with this AI engine that becomes more and more sounding like a human. That was pretty human like sounding Joe, wasn't it? Absolutely. And to be quite honest, if we at Automated Insights couldn't get our results to sound like a human, and not only that, but sound like a sports fan for a sports article or sound like a knowledgeable financial advisor for a financial article, then we wouldn't have been successful. It can do these things. And if you take the time 
and create the platform by which you give it a question that it can answer well, it can do that. But much like um, your friend, I forget, uh, she's a family member, but much like she refers to it as, as him or her, that's fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Oh, if you're familiar, I, I don't like it. No, I don't like it at all because I always want to remember it's not a human. I it really, I don't like it. It bothers me. That's I'm true saying. because because if you've seen the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson, um, that takes that kind of relationship between human and AI to a very entertaining science fiction end, but it's science fiction. So as long as we remember what the generative AI is good for, what it does, and what it probably shouldn't be doing, I think we're going to be able. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. And so that's what I want to ask you, Joe Procopio. So now we've sort of generalized what it is and where it is and... We've, we've allayed some of the fears. It's not running to take over your specific job right away right now. But what should we be afraid of with AI? Where, where should the guardrails be? One of the um, things that I combated most when working with what I call automated content back, you know, 10 years ago was the fact that it could be right all the time and still be wrong. In the article that you read, I I did have it create an opening email for my advice to other entrepreneurs. And in a lot of cases, it was fluff. It was harmless. Mm -hmm. It was platitudes. Um, But in one case in particular, and this is kind of nitpicky, but people really enjoyed it. It spit out the sentence that if you put your mind to it, you can achieve anything, which is terrible advice uh, in the world of entrepreneurship. (laughs) Because there are so many entrepreneurs who sink all their time and money and friends and family money and go out and get bad investments from banks and investors alike and wind up bankrupt at the end, pursuing an idea that was never really a viable business idea. Mm. And even though it is a bit of a nitpick and it seems harmless, I mean, I'm sure I tell my kids every day, hey, if you put your mind to it, you can achieve anything. But there's a certain sense of reality that has to creep back in. So in some sense, the AI was right. It tells, it told me something that I tell my own kids. But in the context of an experienced entrepreneur talking to another entrepreneur, that's inaccurate without being misinformation. And that's what we have to be careful of. Now, there are humans who would tell entrepreneurs the same thing, right? It's just a matter of how much we believe that the artificial intelligence is always right. And I think we've been worried about that since, you know, the 80s when we were pointing nuclear missiles at each other and one bad computer glitch could end the world. 
But again, that's science fiction. So, uh, so Joe Procopio, so we, we're living in a world right now, just stepping back with the reality check, of people that seem willing more than ever to believe bogus conspiracy theories. Let's just start with Pizzagate with, with uh, what's her name, Hillary Clinton. I mean, this is before AI became in our vernacular. And uh, the spread in social media like a true virus that it is of misinformation that becomes totally believed by people who we know that our human brain seems to have a, some kind of an affinity for believing outrageous things as long as there's a conspiracy involved. There is, there is a science to the science of fear that way. So how do we, what is your advice to us as we, as we search the internet, as we continue to use Google for a while longer? And I know Google in particular is trying to help us with this. What is your advice for us to discern what is true and what is not true online? Yeah, that's 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 a really good question and a complex question. Um, I'm not sure that generative generative AI is going to make the process of putting misinformation out into the universe easier, automated. Um, but again, it's not like it's putting stuff into an empty box. I'd like to say, like with generative AI. We're adding more hay to the haystack. We're not adding more needles. You have an email account. You get spam. You have a yes. cell phone. You probably get bogus texts yes. and people trying to, to fish you or, or whatever it may be. I mean, that's happening already. And, yeah, generative AI could do two things. One, it could put a lot more of that out into the universe. And, two, it could make it seem even more believable. I think, unfortunately, it's sort of a caveat and tour, a buyer beware. How much are you aware of your surroundings, say, in the digital arena, to know when something is sourced properly and when something is not sourced properly? It could be anything from broken English to, um, you know, a site that looks like a site but isn't really a site. If there were a, if there were a infallible, an infallible solution to – not getting fooled by misinformation and banks and cybersecurity firms and financial institutions would have a much easier job of preventing fraud and, 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 you know, people being scammed. Oh yeah. I've been scammed myself. I've been scammed myself. Oh, no. was, oh yeah. I was, I mean, $600, you know, it wasn't nothing. I was an idiot. It was a while ago. It was somebody who scammed me about a virus that had infected my computer. It wasn't a virus. It was him. Yeah. It was the virus. But but one of the worst scams befell uh, dear friends of mine in Israel who thought that they had were online for a um, an immigrant visa, and thought that they were patiently waiting in line. And three years later, when I discussed it with them and I found out that nothing had happened, I said that's very weird. And it turned out that they had applied and sent their money on a bogus scam site, and the U.S. Real Department of Immigration never heard of them. And these were very sophisticated people, but they got fooled and they lost three years. Yeah, and that is a potent worry with generative AI and chat GPT. We see it do some really good written content now, but we also know it can do audio. It can even do video. It's going to get much tougher to be able to make that discernment. And I also believe that we really have to learn to not only distinguish, but highlight when something be able to highlight when something is 
experiential human knowledge over chat GPT. So like I said, well, I'm, I'm sort of in both camps here. While I appreciate the usefulness and the innovation and what generative AI can do for us, there's also some issues with it being, let's say, taken as a, 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 a given that the generative AI will always be right. So let me ask you this, and then I'll let you go, because yesterday I was talking with a 17-year-old, and she told me in a very offhand way, in a very the way teenagers speak, that all the music now is AI, uh, and if every time you hear a new song, you have to assume it isn't created by a human anymore. And she was just basically saying that the era of human artists in creating music was over in that very sort of offhand way that teenagers speak. And I stopped and I realized how awful that is for every single musician and artist on the planet now whose, whose um, voices are being cloned, whose music is being recreated as if it's in their own name, all the theft that's going to go on with the world of intellectual property, and this idea that maybe AI can make a better song. What do you think about all of that? It's enormous. It's like earthquake shaking. Absolutely. So my dad was was a, a musician, a rather well-known musician, um, and he felt the same way in the 1980s uh, when yeah. sampling first became a thing. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think that is always going to be out there, and there is a, a, a quite a lot of that going on, and there's going to be quite a lot more of it coming on. But yeah, even with things like sampling and auto-tune and all these technical innovations, I still think there's room for the human artist to interact on a human level. One of my reactions to chat GPT was to take the writing that I do in public and try to be more human with that writing, more easily identifiable human in my writing. And while it didn't produce a huge up and to the right boost in my writing, the feedback that I started getting based on that writing from humans was uplifting, very human, very positive, very rewarding. So I think that's still going to be out there. In the cold, hard world of clicks, views, and dollars, yeah, generative AI is going to be quite the competition. But in the world of each of us relating to one another human to human, I don't think there's a huge threat there. I agree with you. That's why I do these behind-the-wheel podcasts. That's why we do community radio every single day. I happen to agree with you, Joe. I do. Oh, Lisa, I don't do this stuff very often. One of the reasons I, I, I chose to do this was because you're on the radio. Yeah, it's still pretty great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it still is. And it's very human and it's very intimate and it's painting a picture with words and it's still you and the listener, typically in the car, driving along, and it reaches the brain in a way that is not artificial. It's not. It's real. Theater of the mind. It's happening. Joe Procopio, thank you very much for coming on the show with us today. Really much appreciated. Thank you, Lisa. I had a good time. It was great to talk to you. Me too. We'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.